Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, your source for news about Blizzard games and entertainment and all that good stuff. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. With me this week, we actually have switched things up a little bit because Alex Zebart is on vacation, although it's like he's here. It, I feel <laughs> no, like I'm not. he's here. See, it's, it's like he's here. It, it's very, I can almost hear him talking from a great distance saying, hard is perfectly hard enough in Diablo 2-3. It's not like too easy and I couldn't just leave my character and it would be fine. That would be wrong. I can hear him saying that in my head. Uh, with me in his stead this week, uh, Liz Harper, the managing editor of Blizzard Watch. Hi, Liz. Say hello, hi hello. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Me, I'm 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 mostly playing Dragon Age, actually. Okay, well, we won't talk about that because of yes, irritated. we aren't talking about that. No, plus no we had half an, half an hour of that discussion. Yeah, the no so, more, yeah. no more. We're done. Also, with us this week, as she is every week, because I'm starting to con- be convinced there are like three or four Liz ro- <laughs> and robots. Sorry, uh, Ian Ian Stickney writes everything, does everything, is always here, Beep, never gets wait. to leave. <laughs> Hi. Uh, same question. What have you been up to? Um, this week, let's see. I just broke 300,000 gold again in World of Warcraft, which I was kind of pleased about. I don't know what to spend it on. I feel like I should be spending it on something instead of stockpiling it, but I'm almost kind of having... Huh? Are you done with tokens? Have you bought all the tokens again? Well, I'm paid up through, like, I think October or November or something, so I guess I could get a couple if I wanted to, but I don't really feel the need to you know, per se. Um, and I'm kind of having fun just sort of stockpiling it and making this hoard of gold, you know, it's, it's, gold just, hoard. it's, it's a gold <laughs> hoard for the hoard <laughs> of gold. I'm going to roll around <laughs> in it later, like Scrooge McDuck. And then when I'm not playing world of Warcraft, um, I, I picked up, I finally picked up. My, well, I didn't say, I shouldn't say I finally picked it up. I've had it forever. I got it on a steam sale. I'm actually playing through all of mass effect right now. So I'm going, I'm I'm playing one right now, and then I'm going to go right into two, and then right into three. Hey, you've never played these, correct? Never played them. So I'm, like, live-tweeting okay. this while I'm doing it. 
if people yeah. feel like following Let's, me on Twitter and yeah. watching me yell about things that they already <laughs> know about, go right ahead. Follow her on Twitter, me. but please don't don't tweet anything at her because we don't want her to know all the things that happen. Yes, yeah. experiencing this game fresh is totally worthwhile. And apparently, my reactions so far are really entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just playing. I, we're we're solving space crime. That's what's going on <laughs> right now. We're we're space team unit. Space I'm, I'm sure they're only going to get better as you keep playing. That's my mm-hmm. thought. I'll probably so, start uh, yelling about things soonish. <laughs> you know, in terms of games that aren't Bioware games. Um, this week, uh, patch 6.2.2 apparently is going live as of tomorrow. We've heard no news to indicate it isn't. It's going to be uh, your that, party, and you'll be able to fly yeah. if you want to. Yes, the flying patch. Uh, also, the mercenary mode, I believe, is going to be in, but not is it yep. going to be in right away, or have they I said? I thought it was. I yeah, it was. it's in the patch notes. It's going to be in. So you can play as, as somebody of the opposite faction if you're whatever battleground you're queuing for happens to be lopsided. That's always a good thing. So there's that. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm real interested in trying that one out. Uh, there's also going to be some new, new zones in health in a hellfire in a Tanan jungle, AKA the place that what should be hellfire that you can only get to via flight. So that's going to be opened up. So Places cool. that you can fly to with your flying mount. Yes. Once you've unlocked flying, if you have done so. Well, yes, that's step one. So there's that. Uh, that's that's all happening tomorrow. Um, I believe this weekend is the Wrath Time Walking event. With is that the new this time weekend? Walking. Thought it was. I saw a preview of it. I'm not 100% on this. Did you guys know the... that apparently um, as of patch 6.2.2 we'll be able to time walk on our streaming leveling experience? They are changing yeah. start day for time walking and for bonus events to Wednesday. That's nice. Which means that, that we will nice be change. able to partake on Thursdays when <laughs> we do our leveling stream if we want to. Well, we need to get out of Burning Crusade before we can actually time we walk absolutely to Burning do. Dungeons. We yeah. absolutely do. But I'm just saying that the option will be there for us now, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm excited about the new time walking badges that you will be getting yeah. for time walking, which will allow you to then buy Badge of Justice gear from BC... That will then scale up to you know, whatever level. You, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. This crazy thing they're doing. Um, the, the whole scaling thing is just kind of weird and cool. I just find it in this saying that they've, they've basically brought the Isle of Queldenas back. Well, and, thing, and one <laughs> of the like, things was that they were like, um, you know, they've gotten rid of justice points. They've gotten rid of all of their point systems. And it's like now, oh, we're back. We have more point systems. Well, it's you're just time walking. something different. You're time you're, walking. You're time walking. So, oh, so why not just give us justice points again? Come on. But anyway, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. So that's that is amusing to me. Uh, I, I I'm actually going to get that 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 axe, the blade of harbingers again. Uh, yeah. Even though I already have it, I'm going to get it again. Why? Just because. Why not? I have no good reason for this. Do you this. need two? Well, I'm actually going to get it for my paladin because my oh, paladin. Oh, okay, different character. All right. Yeah. But I'm also I'm interested in the fist weapons because they're stained glass. Have you ever looked at those things? No. They look like red and stained glass oh they're real nice oh are they the, the ones like the ones from um are they the blood elf looking ones yes they are these the ones okay. that originally they're exactly yes. the same as the original ones i remember those i had those yeah. for a while they were pretty cool looking i'll be getting those in case they ever make fist weapons for warriors again 
But anyway, we should probably talk about the emails now. Uh, as is always the case, if you want to send an email to us, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, we try and answer as many as we can. We don't always answer all of them, but we do what we can. And uh, pretty much any subject involving any Blizzard game, we'll at least give it a shot to, even if we don't know the answer, because that's what we do here. We read your emails, and then we get confused about how to pronounce your name. Yay! This first one, I believe, is from Izera, I-Z-E-R-A. That sounds right. I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) Um, Since the beginning of Warcraft, uh, the way questing has been presented to us has remained relatively unchained. I love RPG games, and The Witcher 3 was no exception, but one thing has always bothered me with questing in WoW. I've never enjoyed reading the quest text from the game. I never felt engaged or really any significant attachment to the people I was helping. That was until now. I have discovered an add-on that has changed the very nature of how I quest just by changing how the quest information is presented to me. The add-on is called Storyline. Uh, this is by far what I, have, I feel I've been missing from my questing experience and helped to close the gap to games such as The Witcher 3. My question is this. Do you think that Blizzard is behind the times of how quests should be presented? It's been 10 years and their model hasn't changed. I ask you, what do you think of this add-on and if you think Blizzard could do, more, could do to make more questing more engaging? Uh, is there a Proudmore US? I went and looked at the add-on. I actually uh, haven't installed it yet, but I looked at like screenshots of it that other people have put up. I watched and it the is video. Interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting way to present it. Um, it is it is much closer to other games. Um, I've seen people compare it to um, Dragon Age, and it's not like Dragon Age because in Dragon Age, your quests are presented to you by a dude who just comes up to you and tells you, "Sun's over there. You should <laughs> go over to there." You. you have a chat. Yeah, and this is yeah, this is much less of that, but it's still pretty cool. Um, I do, I do think that we, you know, I think you guys can say what you think about it, but I think that generally speaking, WoW is kind of behind. It's it has been 11 years, and they really haven't done enough to update questing. What do you guys think? Liz, go ahead. Well, I think the other thing in most kind of modern RPGs is you have a lot of dialogue, but it's like in uh, World of Warcraft, you go in and it's like this box of text, and you're like, oh. I don't want to read this. What are the rewards? What do I need to do? Click, go. Uh, but a lot of, you know, a modern RPG will, there'll be voice acting, there'll be dialogue, there'll be someone talking to you. There may be a conversation where you go back and forth to decide what you're doing. And none of that's in Warcraft. So yeah, it feels very static and it does feel pretty dated. Uh, but uh, I actually, did you guys just like do Spires of Iraq? Yes. I, I remember yeah, thinking. it's been a while though. When I first went to Spires of Iraq, you still get a regular old quest from him, but the the first guy you talk to, Rashad, who's voice, yeah, Rashad, when he was first voiced by Frank Welker, and he has all this dialogue he says to you, and it's really great, and then he gives you the quest, it's still just a box. Yeah, it's, it's sort still, of weird. I mean, yeah, because yeah. it's it's obvious they're trying to up the voice acting in WoW, and in terms of the acting we got in this expansion, Warlords had some great voice acting. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's so much content that it's like, oh, it's a block of text. Okay, it's hard to be engaged with a block of text when you have this experience that's trying to be interactive and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Ian, any thoughts on what you think they could do? See, I'm a giant nerd and I read a lot. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like we're talking loads of books. I have a fairly substantial library. So I'm kind of used to the idea of reading stuff and 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 being engaged with just a, a text wall because that's pretty much what a book is it's just a wall of text in print format um but 
yeah, it is kind of outdated and it's been outdated for a while. And I don't, I mean, as far as this add on goes, I, I watched the video for it and I kind of, I get what they're going for. I don't know if it would work for me. What it reminded me of was, um, <laughs> I had like this kind of nostalgic flashback to when I used to play um, Final Fantasy games on like the Super NES. And whenever we played the Final Fantasy games, my brother and my sister and I, um, my mom would sit there and she'd watch us play because she really liked reading the text and she liked seeing what we said to people and she liked following the story. It was like watching some kind of interactive television program that her children were running, you know? Um, and one of the things that always got to her was uh, both my sister and myself and my brother to, to a degree, we're all speed readers. So whenever the dialogue would come up, we'd just like blip right through it because we were reading it that fast. And she was always telling us to slow down so that she could actually read what was going on. And every time I played a game like, uh, you know, any of the RPGs that they mentioned, you know, Witcher or, or Dragon Age or Mass Effect, Skyrim, that kind of thing. The thing that always captured me about those games was that you're having a conversation with somebody. They're actually talking to you. It's not a text yeah. wall. There is no text wall there. The only downside to that is that you tend to forget while you're listening to these people that it takes time to have a conversation, which is why mm -hmm. I'd sit down to like play something in Skyrim and I'd walk into a city and I'd start talking to people to do a quest. And then I'd look at the clock and suddenly it's three hours later and I have no <laughs> idea where the time went. It went because I was listening to what's his name in the inn over there. Talk about his wife for three hours. You know, <laughs> That's where it went. So I'm not sure there's there's got to be a happy medium in between well but isn't yeah. isn't making you lose track of time and play forever isn't shouldn't that be like a blizzard's goal they want kind you to spend of, more yeah. time in their game you'd, you'd want to be really absorbed in it and and i think that that's like i i i think that they need to do something about that like rossi was saying now that you pointed it out rossi yeah now it's really weird and it's going to be really weird every time i level through <laughs> dranor and i sit there and i have this long conversation with urel where she's talking to me about all this stuff that, that's going on and then she falls silent and hands me so a, a box window, pops up <laughs> and hands me a window a box window and i'm like well, why couldn't you have just said all this stuff to me when you were just talking to me about that other stuff a minute ago that would make so much more sense, wouldn't it? I think part of the thing, too, is that one of the, the things about World of Warcraft versus more modern RPGs is that you're you kind of voiceless. Yeah, and, you don't have a voice. Yeah, it's like Origins. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly it's like Origins, like Origins. Which was the game of the year in 2008. Uh, but <laughs> it's a 2008 we're, or we're, 9. I don't remember. It was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like, I, I'm not saying that WoW is quests are bad or anything like i still i'll i'll fight anyone who says welcome to the machine is a bad quest mm -hmm. like straight up that's quest, a, that's can not... you imagine that quest if it were voice acted it would be interesting as heck i mean depending on who they got you i could, would, the I would acting, crack up yeah Seriously. if they got the right voice acting for it it could be great if you got the wrong voice acting for it it can be terrible and that's like you know one example comes to mind is destiny recently had uh. the, the kerfuffle <laughs> with um, you know, Tyrion, you know, Tyrion there, uh, Peter Dinklage, you know, not Peter Dinklage doing the voice acting and clearly not being particularly into it. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
there, there's a certain balance. I mean, they, and he's a great actor. I don't think you can take anything away from Peter Dinklage. He's Dinkley, a fantastic but actor. He just doesn't, clearly, the voice thing like, doesn't translate. Yeah. Clearly, he was not loving the day they brought him in. I mean, they got Nolan North to replace him, and Nolan North is a very good voice actor. Nolan North is like the male Laura Laura um, Bailey, and that he's in everything. But uh, I I don't know. It, it, it's one of those. It's an interesting line to walk for games. Like if you look at Diablo, actually, to mention Diablo is one of those ones where they they still pop up boxes when they when they you get quests from them and everything. But everything they say is is it's dialogue. You know, yeah. like you, they, you, when Leah gives you a quest, you know, she, she says it to you while she does it. I'm so there's, there's... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say there's room to do more. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine what it would be like to say, walk into Orgrimmar or walk into Stormwind and all of the NPCs are actually having like vocal conversations quietly in the background like, what would that be like? That would be really cool. It'd make the city feel really alive because it doesn't so much right now. What would it feel like if you had a voice all of a sudden? Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, and what if you didn't like it? That's the other like, part. One of my one of my big problems with like certain games, like I, since we've all been talking about Inquisition, I'll use an example, is there's two voice options and that's it for each gender. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't think they're bad actresses, but neither of them works for a dwarf. No, not really. No, yeah. it's just neither of them work, um, especially the males. I'll let the the, the, the female voices I, I can I can kind of go with. Like, all right, the fine, American got a female voice accent. would work for a dwarf, kind of. It doesn't really. I tried it. It doesn't work. Mm. It, it's it works for Canari because it's very loud and forceful. Yeah. And Sumali Montiano is a great actress, but. Uh, it just doesn't work for a dwarf. I don't know why. And I, I can't give you a reason. It just doesn't work for me. And that's the thing. If you do that in like, wow, your character is like one of the things about making your character kind of like devoid of these things is you can imagine whatever you want. Once your character started talking, then you can't imagine whatever you want anymore. You, you're kind of given the voice. Yeah. So that I don't think wow needs or should have, but I wouldn't mind They're if everybody also- else did. They're also pointing out in the chat channel, and rightfully so, that having a lot of voice acting like that would make the game file, like the game size, huge. And it's already a pretty substantial game size-wise. So that's that's why they changed the the way the voice everything is stored. Yeah. When they put out Warlords, because they had brought in so much more voice acting and changed so many textures that it was time to come up with an entirely new system for it. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I think what we're saying is sure there's there's lots of room to improve, but they need to be at least somewhat careful about how they do it because it'd be very easy to put people off. And it'd be One, very easy to overdo it, and they do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They get excited about something and they I, just go whole hog. Trying to leave it all the way. I mean, one thing Warlords did that made it feel more modern than Warcraft has in the past is it added these like big cinematic moments at the end of every zone. I like that. Where yeah, I mean, it, it felt a lot more immersive than, oh, I finished the last quest in this zone, I'm going on to the next zone now. It's like, no, I finished the last quest, and it's this big story moment. Yeah, and those were really well done. Although they were. I, I, I will argue to this day that I don't think that the one at the end of uh, Nagrand actually helps the story. <laughs> it's reason, It's really well done, but I don't like that it suddenly takes the focus away. But could I could argue about, about that, that for like a whole hour. So probably <laughs> let's, let's, next email. Yeah. <laughs> next email is from, I think, Elamari, I want to say. Elamari 
100 Feral Druid from Frostmourne US. That sounds right. Um, Hello, Watchers. Um, The other week you were discussing the lack of uniqueness for rogues, and one idea that I came up with was a grappling hook spell slash ability. It could function like a death grip or life grip or like those coils of rope you click on to take you to the top of a tower or the ropes used to swing between ships in the old Mists of Pandaria scenario. It also fits in with both the ninja and pirate archetypes mentioned by the developers that they want to focus on. It also fits with monks, but let's ignore that for now. It could fill a similar niche like that double jump for demon hunters and heroic leap for warriors. What are your thoughts on this? My only thought is you don't want it to be like either life grip or death grip. Because if you want it to be unique, it can't be like two other abilities that already exist. I'm excitedly flapping my arms because I totally want that for rogues like right now. (laughs) Are you kidding well, what me? Would you, what would you swing around? What would you have it like, yeah, that'd be great. Only make it so a how whip. Would you, a whip. <laughs> so now we're now we're going full on Indiana Jones. Is that Let's what's happening? Indiana Jones slash Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go down okay, that I, That'd be great. I'd, well, if it's I'd just like a whip, character. it could actually be Fine. an attack. Yeah, I know, you know right? <laughs> it could actually make it an attack slash movement thing. Make it, make it, it would actually... Type. It does actually make it sort of heroic leapy, but... It'd still be great. I'd be okay with that. That would be actually pretty awesome. I, I like that idea. <laughs> do I think they'll ever do it? it? No. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is they might do a whip. I mean, a whip seems reasonable. <gasps> I mean... So cool. They've needed new weapons for in WoW for a while. Like, I was really disappointed that Mr. Pandaria didn't bring in more, like, really weird martial arts weapons. They're not that weird. was the expansion know. to do it with, too, to introduce, like, oh, yeah. a new weapon type or two. That would that would have been great, but nope. I've I've wanted one-handed spears forever. Yeah, because be cool. In, 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 like, if you... In actual history, people use spear and shield all the time. This is, in fact, like... This is the classic formation for, like, armies for millennia. It's guys with shields and spears. A that's, one-handed pull arm? Yeah, that's, I've wanted that forever. And I, I totally think, like, you could totally see paladins and warriors using that. Um, you could see uh, spear fighting. If you watch Troy, I mean, Troy's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's good. You can watch it. Brad Pitt's handsome. What do you want? Yeah. Uh, if you want to, if you watch the movie though, his fight with Hector, he's using a spear and he's coming down on the guy with it. Oh. And I watched that and thought, you could totally one hand that spear, and you could actually dual wield spears the way this guy's fighting with it. There's a lot, there's a lot of room for for new weapon types in WoW that they haven't really touched on. And I thought, oh man, that would be great. Whips would be great for like, I could totally see whips as something that like just rogues and monks used. No, I don't you know, want to share with monks. Class. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm just rogues. That's it. <laughs> well, if, you gave uh, rogues, if you gave rogues just whips, then you'd have to give monks like tonfas and stuff. Look, you already I, we already have to share like the leather agility armor with the monks, and we're gonna have to share it again with the demon hunters. So just let us have whips, okay? Just let us have that. The one thing. <laughs> I mean, it would also this one. We also can't be something float really... on a little farty cloud. <laughs> give us a whip. Okay? <laughs> Hey, I have to use a whole glyph slot for that farty cloud. So yeah. <laughs> I would, I would use the glyphs. I, I would, I would give me a glyph for a whip, and I will use it immediately. <laughs> the, the glyph actually, the rogue glyph is just called yoink. Yoink. is <laughs> the rogue now has the ability to just come up over the top of a boat and grab a fish out of a fisherman's hands. You guys have probably never seen that video, but it's hilarious. <laughs> No, 
no, that's Brady. great. Here he is. Ian wants Ian wants ropes and or whips. Uh, I yeah. don't think I have any real strong opinion. And Liz, what are your feelings on rogues? Uh, rogues I am I I ninety boosted a rogue, and I'm the world's worst rogue, so I really don't have an opinion on it. Alrighty, so tentative approval on the rogues whipping people and or hitting Liz. them with grappling. <laughs> Liz, do what? You stealth. Um. Stealthing is hard. Okay, but do you See, st- I, do you the- stealth? Here, here's what you need to know about playing a rogue. Stealth. I mean, stab things. Uh-huh. Don't die. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> it's the don't dying part that's usually you the problem. You have so many because... tools in your kit so that you don't die. Well, see, I usually play a monk, and they have all of these healing spells and defensive spells, and it's like, yeah, rogues don't have and that. I play my you rogue, know, just have a... and it's like. We have, Ow, a, I'm we have really like a and things hit me and I die. Yeah, no, we have a lot of nope buttons. That's that's what we've got. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, I'm dying. Nope, vanish. <laughs> or, oh no, the spell's gonna kill me. Nope, cloak of shadows. Oh no, you're gonna hit me. Nope, evasion. Like that's how rogues work. It's fantastic. I love it. Anyway, all right. Next email is actually from a Ferengi. Oh really? Uh, Grand yeah, Grand Nagus. Wow, the Grand Nagus Ferengi Ferengi. too. Dear, hello, Blizzard Watch crew. I was listening to episode 31, and you said that, that Gen is the only leader left of that period except Taranda. But what about Magni? Do we count him as dead? And since he's supposed to come back, we better count him if he does, and he's definitely counting in that category. Great show, you guys. Uh, do, do keep it up, and thanks for what you do in the community, uh, Grand Nagus. First off, I haven't heard anything about Magni coming back. Magni's, Nothing. Magni's a rock. Yeah, there's been no statement that Magni is coming back that I've heard. But um, until such time People as I do hear he's coming back. People have kind of like extrapolated things from like flavor text from images that were shown from Legion. And that's the thing is, is like you see flavor text and you extrapolate something for an expansion that isn't even in beta yet. You might be disappointed. So you just don't assume anything. We even do know. Yeah. We do but know he... that there's some kind of consciousness oh. involved with Magni because there was a short story that came out. And Cataclysm, where Thrall was, I don't know, commuting with the Earth, doing <laughs> shaman stuff. And all of a sudden he was like, oh, hey, there's a dwarf down here. Oh, hey, he's talking about stone and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's Magni. But that's it. But even if you count that, even if you assume that Magni is conscious in there, he is currently not leading anything. No. He is currently a gigantic paperweight in old in Ironforge. The only thing Magni is leading. beautiful yeah. paperweight. The only thing Magni is currently leading is a whole bunch of people coming down to look at him and go, wow, he certainly is diamondy. So, yeah. He's really? He's essentially. Now. Magni is now bling. That is <laughs> He's been blinged. He is. <laughs> he is just plain bling. That is what Magni is. Uh, so, right now, yeah, it's just Gen. The, of those people, it's just Gen. Gen is the only one left. Uh, and you don't. The thing is, is that you can't even count, like, Taranda. Because she wasn't involved in the first or second war in any way. No, no, they were of off the on Kalimdor doing their own thing. Of the leadership of the first and second war, um, you know, the these kings of Stormwind died. Uh, you know, Lane Rin died, so his son doesn't count because he wasn't leading anything. Anduin Lothar, who was leading the alliance in the second war, died. Um, his his successor, who led the alliance forces in the, in the second in the second war for about five minutes. Um, He's not dead, but he's been missing for 20 years. To be fair, he was Turalyan really good in those five minutes. No, he, I'm not nothing against him, but, you know, Turalyon has been missing for 20 years, so he's yes. not leading any. 
Uh, Alaria, again, missing for 20 years, not leading anything. And she wasn't really the leader of her people at that time. Anisterian Sunstrider, who was the leader of the High Elves at that time, dead. Um, King of Lordaeron at the time, Ternus Menethil, dead. Um, Thorias Trollbane, dead. Perinold, uh, gone. Yeah, Aiden Perinold, dead, and he was dispossessed from his throne before he died. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody left at this point. The Prestor, oh, dead. Yeah, Prestor, yeah, Prestor dead. <laughs> he kind of took Antin- care of him at Cataclysm. <laughs> yeah. Antonidas, uh, who was head of Dalaran at the time, quite dead, uh, as was everybody who was on the Council of Six at that time who was anywhere near Dalaran. Um, so, yeah. Flattened. So, basically, yeah, Gen is it. Gen's your guy. There's nobody left. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot um, the head Dalen Proudmore, uh, High Admiral of Colteris, who dead. is dead. So yeah, I, when I was there, talking about it too, I wasn't talking about the other races or anything. I was talking about the original kings of the seven kingdoms that yeah. were out there in the alliance, and all of those leaders are dead except for Gen. Yeah, all and if them. you count Mag, you know, if you want to count dwarven rulers, that's cool. Uh, Magni is currently a paperweight; <laughs> he is not leading anything. So even if you don't count him as dead, he is not the leader of Ironforge. It's uh, still the leader the... of Ironforge. It's still the Council of Three Hammers. Uh, I, I wonder what would one. happen if he came back, if he suddenly came back and he saw, oh, Moira's leading now. And so is the, wait, what are all of you guys well. doing here? Varian, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, your daughter, I was going to kill your daughter. Really? That's kind of, really? That's kind of, why? <laughs> a little severe, don't you think? <laughs> First off, what were you even doing in my kingdom? You're not King of Iron Well, Forge. I sent my to... son here. Why? To learn to fight. No, wait. Magni was there for that. Yeah, Magni remembers that part. Although, I'm sure waking up from being turned into diamond has a bit of a hangover period. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything. What happened? Oh, you got juiced up on Titan Magic and turned into diamond. <laughs> oh, I am never doing that again. Oh, man. I have such a hangover right now. I'm shaking his head, getting some diamond flakes out. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. To answer you, they're all gone. Hasn't been good for the Alliance over the past couple decades, is what I'm no. saying. But uh, there's always the second war, and then it just kind of crumbled and fell apart. There's there's always the thing in these stories where no one necessarily stays dead. I mean, if they wanted to bring someone back, they just have to, like, wave their magic wand. and. Yeah, but there's not a whole heck of a lot of call to bring Lane Rin back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he he got killed Let's in a face real it. St- I think we'd all be okay if Terranus didn't just sit up and <laughs> wake up. Yeah. That would be a little weird. It, but Besides, it seems Sylvanas would have stop. some questions. <laughs> well, the thing I about mean, being dead did he slow Terranus down? He still kept showing up at Ice Crown. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, Terranus, please, you're dead. Would you please stop, though? You want to raise me from the dead. Can you do this to yourself? <laughs> Is this a spell? Oh, it doesn't work on you. Okay. <laughs> It it seems like the never dying thing is something that only applies to villains. It very rarely applies to heroes, at least in WoW. The thing is, is that heroes just show up even though they're dead, like Uther. <laughs> uh, oh, I have to tell you this. Uther, you've been dead for 10 years. Why are you still talking? <laughs> I'm the ghost Seriously. of Uther. <laughs> and yeah, I'm still ser- important. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, okay, next email is from another rogue, so possibly we're going to get asked about whether or not rogues could have, like, you know, seven-league boots. Uh, <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. 
Gnome Rogue Wormrest Accord. Uh, Darrell would like to know. I have a couple questions for you. My first question is, right now, Prot Warriors, Shadow Priests, and Hunters all have talents. Gladiator's Resolve, Clarity of Power, and Lone Wolf, all of which change the way that people play the game. Do you think that other classes should get talents that change how people who take them uh, play the, like these three? What classes do you think should get them and why? Myself, I would like to see rogues get a talent that gives you a slight damage boost to when you only use a single one-handed weapon. My second question is, do you think that it's time to lose, loose up slash completely remove the restriction on which races can play which classes? I'll tell you the second one first, n not completely remove. Because no. some classes, it just doesn't make sense. Like, for instance, Pandaren Death Knights. <laughs> mm. Gnome Druids. Gnome yeah. Druids, yeah, not gonna, no. <laughs> I, I'd I, accept I would, personally. I would, I would totally play a gnome druid, but I don't think it makes a lot of sense to have gnome druids. Just in terms of druids, we the reason we have the races who play druids that we do is because in games lore it makes sense. In mm. uh, even the trolls kind of push it, but the troll story was at least amusing. And they've got the Loa <laughs> thing going for them, so yeah. they've had that kind well, of ancestral connection with gnomes. The only way I would accept a gnome druid is if they like had mech suits. <laughs> and then they wouldn't really be a druid. They'd just be like a tinker class, and they should make that. Yeah, I, I, I would also just play a tinker class. Goblins, I would play the heck out of that. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, it's true. But in terms of that, yeah, like there's some of them. Like, for instance, it makes sense for warriors to be everybody because ultimately, what a warrior is somebody who's like larger than normal and angrier than normal for his people, picking up the biggest weapons they can get their hands on and smashing things. And yeah. not, even a gnome can handle that. Sure, it doesn't make you're, you're looking at that gnome going, okay, I'm a tauren, and yet he's killing me. <laughs> but there's the whole idea of the gnome is just that crazy. He's and if doing you watch a the number fight, on those kneecaps. <laughs> if you watch gnomes fight uh, with two-handed weapons, it's like the weapons are pulling the gnome forward. It's great. Like the, the, the gnome is, is using the fact that the sword is way too big for him to his advantage and spinning around like a little top. Or if you watch an undead an undead woman fight, it's the it's it's beautiful because they're like buzz saws. <laughs> like you are literally getting you are literally getting buzz saws to death by flippy McStab a lot, and it's just it's just it's beautiful. I love but watching some... Forsaken females. I like watching for the Forsaken female model hit something with a staff because they jump yeah. in the air, lift the thing over their heads like with both hands, and then just like <laughs> slap it. <laughs> I think it's the best thing I've ever seen. But it's it's like imagine if the Pandaren pa Paladin would be the most confusing and or confused guy ever. <laughs> like you know, for the light, which I don't really believe in as an actual concept. <laughs> you are healed, sort of. I think. I mean, I don't know how this works, but you should be okay now. Hopefully, I think. I that guy said I should. Yeah, I'm gonna go get drunk now. <laughs> the dwarf said this should work. I trusted him. <laughs> So there's like there's races where you you can go along with it and races where you can't and I I wouldn't mind seeing them like relax a little bit like there's there's a really weird artifact where only one race can't be hunters right now like seriously go look at go look at the uh, races and sometime every race can be hunters but gnomes yeah I'm like I'm sorry gnomes can shoot you. Like, I don't – what's the lore here? I can't figure out how to shoot people. I can't figure out how to get an animal to be nice to me for five minutes. Goblins can Come figure on. out how to make animals be nice to them, and they're rotten. Of course a gnome yeah. should be able to figure out how to do it. There's no reason why not. 
I still, I want to see, I want to see like a tinker class, right? I want to see a tinker class for like gnomes and goblins. That's basically like the different specs do different things. And one of them is a mech spec. That's kind of, it's almost exactly like a druid, right? (laughs) Except that you've got these animal mech suits. And I think that'd be great. And then do one that's like a hunter spec, but instead of like a hunter pet, you've got your, your gadgets that you build. See, I would like that if it like, you have like the robot, um, squirrel as your companion absolutely <laughs> and it attacks by rotating its tail in like a little helicopter above people no it just goes for the face like it just <laughs> right on the face <laughs> yeah okay for the second one in terms of um talents that change specs i'm gonna be honest with you as a guy who plays a warrior and who has played gladiators resolve there is no reason to take any other talent so you take Gladiator's Resolve because it, it boosts your defensive stance. Even if you're just a tank, it makes defensive stance do t- so you take less damage. It's pretty much the win talent. And so what you're asking for is essentially a win talent, at least as far as Gladiator Resolve is concerned. I don't know about Lone Wolf. I, I'm, I've, my wife doesn't play Marks, so I don't know much about that. But it's like if there's a talent that essentially it changes the way you play, but everybody takes it. Because the thing with, with Gladius Resolve is you can be a prop warrior and still tank just fine, and you don't ever have to go into Gladiator Stance. You can just have it for when you go out soloing. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I, do you guys, like, do either you play Shadow Priest or Hunter enough to know about the other two? I really do not. But I think the problem with having such kind of defining talents that give you such a unique and different play style. I mean, the problem is balancing them with other talents. Is this as good as the other stuff? And would you, I mean, is there a reason not to choose this? If it's something unique and interesting and powerful, because if you don't, kinda, if you don't take your glass resolve, then you basically don't have a DPS stance and yeah. you can't DPS as prod. Whereas if you take it, you can, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. And see my hunter is beast mastery because I like the animals. Like that's why I'm playing a hunter because I want to collect all the animals. So so lone wolf like being a hunter without having any kind of that just sounds weird to me. Would it be neat? Yeah, probably. But I like having my animal friends. Don't you notice that they're also changing hunters in the next expansion so that one hunter spec marks doesn't have a pet at all. no, survival has a pet, but it has Marksman. melee. Oh, survival's melee, and Marks is going no pet. That's right. Marks is no pet. Uh, it's it's ranged no pet. Survival is melee pet, and uh, Beast Mastery is ranged with a pet. Yeah. And More honestly, they're all like both survival and they're getting rid of the talent thing and just making that in. I don't know if they're going to do that with other classes or not. Um, but that's a weird thing. Like if you think about it, they seem to be like backing away from that idea. Like that experimental lone wolf makes your you know you take that and then you're different. They seem to be backing away from that. I don't know if we they should have more of them. Uh, that doesn't that, you know that said I get why you'd like to have your rogue use a one hand instead of two one hands. Yeah, see I don't really to... care for that. I want a rogue evasion tank. <laughs> Thanks. I have so many note buttons. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to tank something. <laughs> Give me another note button so I can tank because that'd be kind of cool. Not like not like full time tank go into a raid and tank something, but like maybe an off tank if the off tank doesn't happen to show up, I could do it. That would be neat. I'd be cool with the that. The thing with that is that right now all your note buttons are way too strong to be tanking cooldowns. Yeah, I know. So you'd have to like, <laughs> nerf them. So that wouldn't be great. 
Uh, I, I, I'm just not feeling that I'm not tremendously interested in that just because it's not only is it hard to balance, like Liz said, but it's, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's, it's it, like, I like Gladiator's Resolve, but it feels like a must have talent. Well, it also feels like Blizzard's moving away from this direction in Legion where they want each spec to be like this unique and different thing from every other spec. And so maybe not dividing up things by talents but dividing things more by spec instead of giving you options in the talents it's like you choose your spec and you have this unique play style based on that yeah i I can see i think that's basically what they're trying to do at least with at least with hunters that's the only one we've heard about yet yeah i we 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 don't know enough to to say for sure but that's what it sounds like and you'd know this better they talked a little bit about trying to make rogues into like ninjas and pirates Mm mm-hmm like, do you, do you remember exactly what they said? Because I'll be honest, I don't pay that much attention to Hunt Rogue stuff. If I remember right, they said that, well, Assassination is going to be, like, poison-based, fairly poison-based poison things, whatnot, because you're an assassin. And then I want to say that Subtlety was the ninja spec, and Combat is, like, the pirate spec. But that makes sense, at least. Yeah, yeah and they didn't, they didn't really go into it beyond that, though. I'm kind of hoping... Well, I'm not really hoping. I'm expecting that we will see more about this at BlizzCon. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've got to. We've got to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, next email is from Winterfell. Uh, and apparently I pronounced it correctly the last time I said it. So, yay. Well, uh, you really Death messed that one up. It's just two words. Oh. Winterfell. Don't, don't be too certain of that. I'm positive I can find <laughs> ways to mess that up. Uh, hi, Watchers. I've got a couple of questions that are entwined with each other. First, do you think Colterra could ever replace Sylvanas as the Forsaken faction leader? <laughs> Related, I have a question about racial identity. The Forsaken can only be loosely defined as a race. Throw into this the, the blurred lines between High Elves and Blood Elves. At this point, the difference is as much political as it is biological. I realize that the biological difference exists, but with the reignition of the Sunwell, that particular difference may be fading. Also remember that Kultira, who now identifies as a Blood Elf, died before Blood Elves even existed. Uh, I guess my question is, are the racial lines somewhat fluid between Undead High Elves, Undead Blood Elves, and Forsaken? Is Kultira a unique case, or are there other Undead High Elves who now consider themselves Blood Elves? Sylvanas certainly doesn't seem to identify as anything but Forsaken, although she maintains strong diplomatic ties to the Blood Elf government. The whole situation seems a bit of a mess, and I would like to hear your thoughts on this. And finally, if the Alliance gets playable High Elves, it seems obvious the Horde would get playable Eridar. Not Dark Iron Dwarves or anything else. The the Horde are ostensibly the faction for repentant former villains. They already have a playable undead race. Why not a playable demon race? Keep up the good work. Winterfell, yes, you pronounced it correctly last time. I already read that. So, yeah. um, (laughs) I'm going to say straight up up front that I don't think they're going to get playable Eridar because I don't think the Eridar are feeling particularly repentant. No. They seem to enjoy the evil thing, like, a lot. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm totally down for this destroying everything. This I'm is down great. for this destroying everything. And then they showed up, like, they showed up to talk to the other Draenei who were like, you know, I could really get behind that whole evil thing. I think I'm just going to join you. And they did. So, <laughs> so yeah, would it be cool? Not... Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. But, I mean, we're getting demon hunters, and they've already got kind of demonic forms. So the playable Eridar thing, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Could it work? I think it's more yeah, than, yeah, you could probably write it in since, there. Be shaky. Since we are I getting, just, since we are getting new races it. this expansion, it seems like even if they decided to do that, it's going to be so far in the future that there's no way to predict what they'll do when it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. 
as for like the, the idea of like the the fluidity of races, I don't know that it's in fact the case that Coltira died before the Blood Elves actually defined themselves as Blood Elves because yeah, remember he did. a whole he did. I haven't I haven't read his story, so there's I didn't know that. um there's a manga out in the, oh it's in the Death manga, Knight okay. manga. Well, the Death Knight manga okay. it goes it it it, it it's about Thessarian, but Coltira is in it. Um, but they died like. If I remember correctly, I need to go back and read it again. It was a good book too, by the way. Incidentally, if you're looking for history of the Death Knights, pick up the Death Knight manga. Um, if I remember correctly, they died before the Scourge ran through Silvermoon. Like he didn't—he didn't die defending Silvermoon or anything. If I remember right, I could be wrong. It's okay. been a while since I looked up Coltira. So in, in in terms of that, yeah, I guess you could argue that Kiltera, you know, just decided he's a blood elf because every other like mo- the nine tenths of his race say they're blood elves now. So whatever, it's you know, the high elves are tend to be the ones who have the stronger connection to the alliance, the ones who are out in like the middle of nowhere. Uh, in terms of that, the undead high elves, undead blood elves, and forsaken. Uh, most of the forsaken in game don't you couldn't tell if they were elves. They they mostly look like rotting corpses. Yeah. So it's not like I guess there'd have to be some high elves or former high elves in there. Yeah, because dead dollar on people. There were probably yeah. some elves in with that, and they wouldn't be blood elves; they'd be high elves. Yeah, and plus the ones, the ones who were killed while the scourge marched its way through Silvermoon, because they would have still been high elves at that time. Uh, I guess yeah, but it's it is as you said, it's fairly fluid. It's sort of like. Do you re- even remember what you were? Does it matter anymore now that you look like that? And most of the ones we see in game generally seem to be former humans. Like they have human names. Uh, I remember one quest that I don't even know if still exists in the game or not. But there was one quest that actually sent you down to Silver Pine to like in a, to put like a locket on a tombstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and basically to to like curse out this woman's father because he promised he'd always be there for yeah, her. Yeah, you picked that one up in and, Thunder Bluff. It was one of those ones where it was like, oh, I pick it up on one continent and do it on another. That makes sense. Yeah. Vanilla World of Warcraft. But I remember <laughs> that. I always remember that one because it's like very much a it's it's sort of like it's it's at once an encapsulation of like what it's like to be your average Forsaken. Yeah. And yet it's also like completely small. It's like she... Her only revenge at this point is to put a ring on a tombstone. Tech Totem <laughs> in the chat channel says that it is still available in Thunder Bluff. So there you go. So yeah, in terms of like, I don't know, what do you guys think? I'm, I'm kind of drawing a, a, I don't know. So what do you guys think? Do this I think- is a lore question, so I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and yeah. Do I think Colterra could ever replace Sylvanas as the Forsaken Faction leader? No. Um... I think that hmm, that would be interesting. I have to think about that some more. It would be kind of <laughs> weird if somehow you could get something going here where the Forsaken actually like absorbed and or were led by the Knights of the Ebon Blade, like they became a single entity. I don't know how that would work exactly, though. Um, yeah, because all the Alliance ones would undead. suddenly be upset. All the Alliance <laughs> ones would suddenly be upset, but, th- but there's something to be said about that. It's like, hmm... It's weird. The Forsaken are, have always been kind of weird as far as like a player option because they aren't a race. They, they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a race or anything like that. They're actually like uh, 
an Whatever organization poor killed, yeah. an <laughs> organization of scourge that's like splinter faction from the scourge that's what they are they aren't like they're zombies that's not really a race or a thing because <laughs> the forsaken i mean yes all of your models that's the other thing that i always found kind of odd about the forsaken right so you all of the player models are human or you assume yeah. that they're human but they're led by an elf and I mean, when you're say, sitting here and going, do you think Kultira could ever replace Sylvanas? It'd be replacing an elf with another elf to lead all of the dead humans. I just find that that's that's also a little weird to me. I don't think that they would follow Kultira. He would have to give some kind of compelling argument to warrant that because they are almost fanatically devoted to Sylvanas. And in some Sylvanas cases, they are fanatically devoted to Sylvanas. They, they they aren't going to follow anyone else. If Sylvanas fell for whatever reason, we'd probably have some kind of Forsaken Civil War? Yeah, something like that. It would be it'd be right now, bad. In Forsaken, not be good. in Forsaken Society, I can only think of like a couple of people that could possibly take over. Uh one of them's Lillian Voss who isn't even in Forsaken Society. No. She's, you know, but she's strong enough personality. Yeah. Thanos Maris is a candidate just because uh, he's a strong enough personality and he he'd, kind of has an in. He'd be the surliest faction leader. <laughs> yeah, Thanos hates everything. And he really, it's not a job he'd want, but like I could see him doing it if Sylvanas said, Thanos, you're in charge, I'm going somewhere. Oh, yeah. He'd totally I can see that. Second in command. Yeah, but he'd step up. He'd hate it. He'd hate it a lot. He'd hate every He'd like, moment oh, of it, but he would do it. It'd oh, be like it'd be God. like a dead version of Lorthamar Theron. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. In point of fact, it would be the worst part. Would be like he, it would totally be like, oh, what do you want? Uh, completing the quest you wanted. Why didn't you complete it sooner? Like you know, Nathanos would be terrible. I honestly, I don't think Kaltira doesn't work because Kaltina. Not only does he not have any connection with the Forsaken, like he doesn't like have any connection to Lordaeron. Or the Scourge, really? I mean, at least not the way they do. His connection is directly with Arthas. Like, he was raised by the Lich King personally. And that's his relationship is much more, like, personal. And I, that's why I always thought it was weird. Sylvanas even thought she had the right to tell him what to do. You know, because he wasn't there for her. He was there for the Horde as a whole. It's one of those strange relationships that I don't see him... He doesn't. Not only does he not want to, he doesn't know them. He doesn't have any connection to them. The, the only thing they have in common is they're dead. What if Bolvar decided to just like take a vacation <laughs> from the Frozen Throne and come back and leave the Forsaken? How horrible would that be? That'd be horrible. <laughs> Varian would just like die. <laughs> he could he like that's an interesting question though could he like do that does he's he have that powers see that's the thing is if he's got the lich king powers and everything could he exert himself himself over the forsaken to a point Arthas where did. he'd have that kind of compulsion and be able yeah. to lead them in the same manner as sylvanas and what would that look like who is bolvar now that he's been sitting there you know toasty warm yet cold on the frozen throne as lava man for the past Someone couple of years. I think it was Taryn Gregory who pointed out that it's been longer since Wrath than it was between Warcraft 3 and Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> he's been percolating up there on that frozen throne for quite a while now, and we don't know what he's doing. And we don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's like The thing is, is, Arthas either couldn't or wouldn't do it. Like, when Arthas was off the throne and being all evil during Wrath, Sylvanas was there 
like she she led the the Forsaken up to what was it like Fort Vengeance or whatever it's called. Yeah. And he didn't like just grab control of her when she was standing on Northrend. He didn't. I don't think he could. I think that once they're awakened, once they're, they've broken awakened. free, they've broken free. Yeah. I'm just but, wondering because Bolvar's kind of a different. He's a, he's sort of a different entity in in that way because yes, he put the helm on and yes, he's the Lich King. But before that, he was toasty human dude that was kind of somehow weirdly empowered by the Red Dragon flight and was alive yeah. despite all odds. So what does that make him exactly? I don't know. That's that's a I don't. He's he's at least you can't really rule him out. I guess. Uh, that's just. Minus Sylvanas, the Forsaken make no sense. They're, they're gonna they're, like they're, they're for, a bunch of odd ducks. <laughs> yeah. We didn't clarify anything about the the race thing either because I don't think we can. Sorry, I don't think it, it's a model. They are just it's a it's a grab bag of people. It's a grab bag of dead people. <laughs> so, um, all right, this next email is huge. Uh going to try and get through this. It's very long. It's from Alessandra, who writes in from time to time. So hopefully this will, will make sense and be readable. I'm going to go for it. Blizzard has said that Karazhan was shown for a reason, but why? What are your theories? Mine revolve around either us either learning more about the lore of Karazhan, which, while fascinating, only adds one more kitchen sink to the many already in Legion, or Karazhan existing partially in the Twisting Nether will be used to take the fight to the Legion. Karazhan is special because it was once on the nexus of the magic ley lines of Azeroth until Malagos and the Blue Dragon Flight you know, rerouted them to Northrend in Wrath. A tribe of Blue Dragons is part of Legion. Maybe they are trying to restore the ley lines to re-empower Karazhan to uh, attract even more demons to a source of great magic? Uh, that makes no sense unless they're out to kill Khadgar, which only makes sense if they are following Malagos's last orders. Uh, Karazhan is the home of Medivh and of Khadgar. Karazhan is fractured in time, reliving the past and future. Blizzard has said they don't plan to do any more time travel, so that's not it, but might be a scenario that helps us explain just who Khadgar is. That would be cool. Uh, Karazhan exists partially in the Twisting Nether and is home to both the Titan Constructs and Demons of the Burning Legion, both of which are in Legion. Uh, maybe the third raid of Legion is Karazhan, putting the fight into the Nether and killing demons for good or sealing off the portal. You've got to admit, um, Khadgar, the guy leading us against the Legion, living in a house with a wide open staircase into the Nether is not what I'd call safe. Uh, the key to the door of Karazhan involves a, a drop from Kael'thas and Lady Vash, who is a Naga. Nobody knows who built Karazhan or the strange torture rooms that are there, uh, that are the Karazhan crypts, but Naga loves sources of magic and so do Blood Elves. How did those two get pieces of the key anyway, uh, hmm. Alessandra? So, okay, I'm going to let Ian go first. <laughs> it was a really and intense poker game. And... It was one key, but they broke it into pieces so that, you know, everybody could have a piece of it. No, there's not really any explanation for why they have the keys in particular um, to the castle. But uh, actually, because do, because do they, they were the raid bosses, obviously. Duh. You could you had to raid Karazhan before you ever got to Kael'thas or Vosh. Yeah, pretty much. I don't remember them having any keys to it. I remember them having the. You had to kill them to get into Hygel. You had to get a drop from them. Yeah, but not in order not to. Y- yeah, you had to get a drop for them. Wait, wasn't the drop from those guys? Yeah, that was for that was for the Those Caverns of Hygel. Time. 
Yeah, that was for Hydal. That was wasn't for Karazhan. The Karazhan key yeah. was like all get... over the place. Karazhan key was dungeon. had to go to the dungeon. Yeah, you had to go to like yeah. the Architraz and you had to go to Botanica, I think. And then Shadow Labyrinth. Shadow Labyrinth. Steam and... Vaults. Arctraz. Yeah, it was all of the it was all the level seventy dungeons. And Black Morass. Yeah. yeah. You had to run all the five bands. Um Yeah. And the reason you had to go to Black Morass was because you actually had to get the key from Medivh. <laughs> you had to help Medivh out, and at the end of it, Medivh was like, oh, hey, I noticed you don't have a key. Well, you can have mine. <laughs> and he just hands over yeah. his key, because he knows that he's going to have another one, because Karazhan is crazy. And that's really <laughs> the point that we need to make here, is Karazhan is crazy. There was this great moment in the novel The Last Guardian, where Medivh was talking to Khadgar, and he made the point, he was like, was Karazhan built by people or was it built because it knew that at some point I would come to live there and yeah good question and yeah does it exist on a nexus of ley lines totally does Medivh wasn't the one to build it somebody built it before Medivh in fact didn't it like actually come into existence after a gigantic explosion I don't remember and that's I believe in the original story I'll have to go look it up but I'm pretty sure there's like a, a legend at one point there's an enormous explosion that made Deadwind pass. And after that explosion, Karazhan existed. Before that explosion, there was nothing there. No, Karazhan, Karazhan was there before Deadwind Pass, I thought. Pretty sure the big explosion thing happened, but I'm okay. not. Okay. But I know that I'll type on my huge keyboard. Okay, you type on your huge <laughs> keyboard. As, as far as Karazhan goes, Karazhan was just a tower after everything went down somewhere in between medivh getting his head chopped off and us showing up there again that's when that whole twisting nether thing opened up and that's when the demons invaded it yeah. was after medivh was gone according to uh, the last guardian page 89 um Karazhan's history begins with an explosion that carved out deadwind pass and weakened okay. the fabric of reality in the region okay so literally then like no one knows where the tower came from there's this big explosion and suddenly tower giant so, hand out of nowhere, so, just boom, so set now, the tower down. And when you so, see a tower mysteriously appear out of nothing, I mean, the first thing you think is, I want I'd to, like live, to there. live there. I'd what a great real estate opportunity. Yeah, well, Medivh the went just, there. Medivh went there. He was drawn to the place because it was the source of immense power, pretty much. Um, it was there, though, long before he ever even existed, I think. It was, it was there. It was built, and it was there, and it existed long before Medivh was even a twinkle in Aegwin's eye. And maybe before Aegwin was a twinkle in her father's eye, you know, it, it might even predate that. I don't know exactly when, timeline-wise, yeah, really Karazhan came into existence. Medivh found it. Ex it. He just yeah, found Existing it. long before him, yeah. Yeah, he, he found so, it, and he said, wow, this place is teeming with power. I think I'm going to squat here for a while. What gets me, though? Guess me is we know that Karazhan has weird time anomalies throughout it. Yeah. So my theory is, my thinking is that the explosion where Karazhan started, like I think the entire tower is Merlin. Something like that. Like, yeah. I think that I think that explosion is when Karazhan died. It's living backwards. Like, that was. Yeah, the entire tower is living backwards. That was Karazhan dying, and we're heading forward towards when it'll get built. It'll get built <laughs> at some point in the future. And, and wrap that, your know, head around it. that <laughs> suddenly <laughs> warlords and Draenor make a lot more sense <laughs> but, or at yeah. least it doesn't seem bad yeah. it doesn't seem quite so bad we've got in a tower existing backwards 
Let, in terms of what we're going to do there in, in Legion, I mean, I got no idea. I got nothing. I don't even have a theory. Like, there's there's so much possibility. Like as you pointed out, the roof is in the is in the Nether. That's where Prince Malkazar attacked last time. For all I know, we're going to go to Malkazar's sanctum, which is somewhere on one of those floating rocks in between. You know, the we'll Nether, the complete climb up there by... and see what see what happens. <laughs> I, got I hope we don't have to do it on flying mounts because then that'd just be Oculus part two and we don't want that. <laughs> that'd be terrible. But yeah, Karazhan, I'm interested. I, you know, Karazhan, the artwork, I believe that the artwork that they showed for Karazhan was actually part of uh, World of Warcraft Chronicle because there, there were some images that, that were shown that were from the book. And one of them was a Peter Lee illustration of Karazhan, and it was a beautiful illustration. So, I mean, they're going to touch on it in the book, and they may even explain its origins in the book. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. What role will it play in Legion? Good question. Really good they, question. Yeah, they, they said that it would do, it would definitely play a role, because that's why they were showing Cadgar at it. Yeah. But, you know, what it is, no idea. If he wants power, that's one place to get it. A lot mm, of it. Yep. But um, I believe we're pretty much done for the night. Uh, that's the show. Um, we've talked about pretty much all the emails for once, which is good. We haven't gotten through all the emails a night in a while, so I feel good about that. Um, and anybody have anything last to say before we go? Any last words? Liz, Anne? Not- they can't be about Dragon Age? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I don't, I don't have any last words in that case. Okay. We want to talk about Patreon because we can talk about Patreon. Yes. Yes, we do. We should do so, that. Please should. watch this podcast, the website, all of the podcasts that we do, and the streaming that we do are made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. But we also kind of like need you to perpetually keep doing that. So Blizzardwatch supporters, they enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Or in the case of this podcast, if you're a Patreon supporter, you also get the pre-show along with the actual show itself, which is pretty cool, I guess, if you want to hear us talk about Dragon Age for a half hour. (laughs) And you also get a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience. And that's about all I have to say about that. So that'll be the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you for emailing us. If you do want to do so for the future, uh, please send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting them. We love trying to answer as many as we can. Uh, and that is the show. Uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.